title sounds like it should be a palindrome, but it isn't. Unless there's some special secret meaning behind Esira Ratnepres Esira that I'm missing. Our story opens with the Joes enjoying a friendly game of baseball and Shipwreck accidentally getting beamed in the noggin. General Hawk, who I guess is even more in charge than the already-in-charge Flint and the also-already-in-charge Duke, yells at Shipwreck for this because I guess the poor bastard hasn't been through enough already lately? The Good General is among the many new characters will be introduced over the course of this season-opening five-parter as Hasbro mandates that these new toys be given screen time. Or because they're essential to the narrative. I guess it could be both. We also meet Beachhead, who gripes about all the stuff that makes the Joe team unique, like having boomboxes in their tanks and bringing their pets to work. But I guess wearing a green ski mask over your face at your actual job is completely professional? Using their dozens of hidden cameras, which I guess is just a thing they have access to, Cobra Commander decides that this is the perfect time to strike. And he's kind of right. If you attack Joe headquarters before we've learned all these new guys' names, it'll make things a lot easier on me this season. So he sends in the Battle Android Troopers, or BATS, which are robots and not real people, and can therefore be blown completely apart in any and all forthcoming battle scenes. Loophole! Despite being heavily armed and highly trained, the Joes begin to endure a rather humiliating thwomping from the BATS because two of them took a brief break to play a video game? I think that was the lesson we were meant to learn. But one thing Cobra didn't count on was a dumb little one-man tank driven by a professional wrestler. No army can plan for something so completely unstoppable, I guess. Yes, it's time to meet Sergeant Slaughter, the tough guy who's gonna whip these complacent Joes into shape. And you know, wrestling was never really my thing, but I will definitely acknowledge that those guys are highly skilled physical performers. So kudos to the producers of G.I. Joe for casting one as a voice actor, literally ignoring all of the things he's actually good at, and focusing our attention on the one thing that he's not. Sorry to drop in unannounced, General Hawk, but it looked like your party was getting out of hand. Oh boy, it's gonna be a long season. Back at Cobra HQ, the commander is throwing his usual post-mortem hissy fit, and the brain trust has had enough. And now, the man who will lead the long-overdue mutiny of Cobra's elite upper echelon has finally arrived. Now, I usually try to keep my remarks to what I see happening on the actual screen, which is why I often don't know character names or backstories, because I'm doing reviews of this cartoon, not the toy packaging, comics, or any weird mutt's dog and snake eyes wolf fanfic that might be out there. And you know that's probably among the tamer fanfic that's out there. But knowing that Dr. Mindbender, who makes his first cartoon appearance here, was an orthodontist who went crazy after experimenting on a new brainwave-based painkiller, does legitimately add to my enjoyment of the character. But outside of this one instance, I still refuse to do additional reading for these reviews. I'm here to make dumb jokes, not to defend my master's thesis. Mindbender, who's been Cobra's chief interrogator and science officer this whole time, who says that he hasn't, has apparently been plagued by dreams that tell him Cobra needs a new leader. You'd think that 65 consistent defeats in a row would be enough to drive this point home, but that's not how the show rolls. Back at Joe headquarters, General Hawk asks Sergeant Slaughter to stick around and whip the Joes into shape. Sure, because after they've literally saved the world 65 times in a row, this is an excellent time to start cracking the whip on those lazy freeloaders. Never mind that, though. I want to see what the shirtless dentist is dreaming about. Huh. Floating numbers? Weird color palettes? I think he might be inside the Matrix of Leadership. Mindbender tells us after the fact what he's dreaming about is deoxyribonucleic acid. DNA if you're a dummy, or someone who likes to take a breath while recording a voiceover. <gasps> but I was in seventh grade when this episode aired, and even I know that DNA is shaped like a double helix and not, as indicated here, a cone. 
And I wasn't even the science officer of a multi-billion dollar terror organization. Of course! If we can't find a new leader, I shall make one! Okay, but have you even tried to find a new leader? I mean, this is a pretty interesting idea too, I guess, but I didn't see you guys interview even one applicant before leaping to this weird conclusion. Meanwhile, Sergeant Slaughter begins making the world safe for democracy by forcing guys to do jumping jacks. Boring. Get back to the mentally unstable dentist with the Portland hipster mustache and the monocle. Here we go. So Dr. Mindbender holds a super top-secret mutiny meeting with Destro, the Crimson Twins, and some Cobra randos. And of course, Cobra Commander eavesdrops on the proceedings using a bug disguised as an actual bug. Which is pretty clever, I guess, but a little off-brand. If I were Cobra Commander, I'd have hidden a camera here in this weird portrait of myself. Mindbender's plan might be the most cuckoo pants thing anyone in Cobra has ever dreamed up, and this is really saying something. He intends to grab DNA samples from history's most ruthless leaders. Napoleon, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, Ivan the Terrible, as well as some additional ruthless leaders to be named later, which almost certainly include Hitler, right? Anyway, he seeks to combine these DNA samples to form a new emperor for Cobra in the form of a Frankenstein. Monster. Sure, why the hell not? Cobra Commander, unsurprisingly, does not agree with my why the hell not stance and storms in to throw another temper tantrum and promptly discovers that pretty much everyone in Cobra has had enough of his crap. So he concedes that this bonkers project might be worth pursuing, which would ultimately put him in a position where he's the screechy backstabbing number two to a much more powerful number one. And look, you will not find a bigger fan of Chris Lada as both Cobra Commander and Starscream than me, but maybe, and I know I'm going way out on a limb here, Maybe they should be, you know, distinctive characters? I mean, I'm about 30 years too late to make suggestions that anyone might actually listen to, and I already know where this is going anyway, but I figured I'd just throw that out there. A pointless air combat scene fills some time and shows off some new vehicles that your parents could totally buy for you in time for Christmas 1986. In the aftermath, the Joes find a Cobra message pod, which includes... Hmm, it's a communique from Dr. Mindbender to Zartan and his dreadnoughts. You mean they can read? I mean, I'm still not entirely convinced that you can, Sergeant. Now the Joes know that Cobra is up to some big new project that involves traveling to a number of exotic locations around the globe to obtain components thereof. You know, standard mass device, weather dominator, pyramid of darkness rules. Also, Zartan will be bringing in his brother and sisters, Xandar and Zorana, to assist on this mission. Ugh, they're one of those alliterative sibling name families. Gross. He's also going to be recruiting an additional Dreadnought, which leads to a hilariously interminable audition sequence that once again just takes up valuable screen time that could be showing me the further adventures of G. Gordon Liddy, periodontal terrorist. We do get to meet this guy, though. There is only one applicant suitable for the position of new Dreadnought, and that is me, Thrasher. Well, ain't you the one? Took the words raw out of my mouth, he did. The Joes eventually interrupt the proceedings and snatch up the partially burned plans for Cobra's big mess plan, which will no doubt lead to shenanigans in any number of wacky locations in the forthcoming four installments. Tune in tomorrow for more, kids!